Supply chains continue to shine in the midst of challenging times. New innovations are introduced for warehouse picking and a supply chain that makes the impossible possible. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Fortna. Fortna partners with the world's leading brands to transform their digital operations to keep pace with digital disruption and growth objectives. Known worldwide as the distribution experts, Fortna designs and delivers intelligent solutions powered by their proprietary software to optimize fast, accurate, and cost-effective order fulfillment. For more information, visit Fortna.com. As usual, Senior News Editor Ben Ames and Senior Editor Victoria Kickham join us to provide their insight into the top stories of this week. Hi, Ben and Victoria. Welcome. Hi, Dave. Thank you. Since we're now at the beginning of May, I think it would be good to highlight some of the stories we have coming up in our May issue. Our cover story actually features an interview that I did with Chatel Shaw of Impossible Foods. Now, uh, Chatel is the Senior Vice President of Product and Operations, and he directs several mission-critical business units, including the, the product itself, operations, manufacturing, supply chain, and logistics. So Impossible Foods, if you're not familiar with them, they make that plant-based food that tastes like and competes with meat. So as a company, they state that their goal is to compete against beef that's made from cows and other animals in the areas of taste, nutrition, sustainability, convenience, and affordability. So the product that I think most people are familiar with would be the um, the Impossible Whopper that's found at Burger King restaurants, but they also are found in many other restaurants around the country, supermarkets, and they are rolling out even a greater expansion of that in supermarkets. So what we talked about in the interview was really the the supply chain that makes this all happen. They rolled out Impossible Beef a couple of years ago. They ended up with some supply chain problems, uh, just not enough capacity for the demand, basically. So they fixed that this time in rolling out a new product called Impossible Pork, which you may see at a supermarket or a restaurant near you. So uh, the story gets into that, the supply chain behind it and the partnerships that they're doing with 3PLs and uh, restaurants and, and food distributors to make sure their product can get to people. So I uh, encourage you to read that. That's our cover story for May. Ben, you also uh, are, had some work on the salary survey, our 17th annual salary survey of people in the supply chain. What did you find out with that? Uh, right, Dave. Would we actually uh, to take a take a quick detour? Uh, I've actually eaten one of those Impossible Whoppers. Uh, I visited a Burger King with a friend a few weeks ago, and we had an Impossible Whopper and a and a standard Whopper side by side, and we each split them. And uh, the Impossible one was tasty. I'm here to say. Yeah, they are pretty good. At, yeah, absolutely. Looking at salaries, though, um, it it turned out that more than two thirds of the respondents in our 17th annual uh, survey, as you said, uh, has seen their salaries increase in the last 12 months. And the average salary that we added up in our survey was a little bit over $127,000, which was up uh, from the 2019 uh, level $117,000. So things are going well in a, uh, in a salary sense. Of course, those are 2019 numbers. And as we are all painfully aware, 2020 uh, has been a year for the record books in terms of disruption with coronavirus. So uh, time will only tell uh, what the impact is on paychecks. Uh, however, Many logistics providers have been deemed essential businesses, so a lot of them have kept on working through these very tough conditions. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. 
Yeah, it will be. Hopefully things are, are steady throughout the year and, and we bounce back here fairly quickly. Victoria, you had a feature in our May issue on new picking technologies that you observed at Modex. Can you tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. So at the Modex show, um, you know, there was just, as you know, a, an abundance of new technologies. Impossible to, you know, write about everything in a single story. So what we decided to do was just take a look and highlight a few um, from companies that may be outside the mainstream radar and just, just to look at what what, uh, what's out there. So a couple of things we look at in advance in goods to person picking that involves or integrates um, autonomous mobile robots and sort of a modular racking system that was really interesting. Um, a robotic piece picking solution that incorporates new vision technology and gripping technology. And a pick by vision system that's been around for a bit but um, has, is incorporating some new uh, dashboard tools that allow users access to data and analytics to both improve the way they use the system and their overall operations. So Everyone's interested in data, data, data these days. So that seems really interesting to us. So that's just a few things that we took a look at. Yeah, and, and it's, as you, we continue to see how automation is changing, the robotics and, the, and all the software, of course, behind it that really drives everything together. Great, thank Absolutely. you, Victoria. Yeah. Um, we have a couple of other things we'll just highlight very quickly. Uh, we have a, a, a private fleet story that's coming up. And uh, uh, again, especially now with the, with the coronavirus, uh, people are wanting to secure that transportation, so they're taking even a harder look at private fleets and are copying, sort of taking a, a page out of Walmart and Amazon's playbook, looking into private fleets and contracting for dedicated operations. If they don't own the fleet, then they're at least looking for dedicated service of, from a fleet vendor. So take a look at that one in our May transportation report. Uh, we also are uh, helping to celebrate the National Forklift Safety Day, which will be coming up in June. So we're highlighting that in our May issue. The event will be June night. That will be a virtual event that we'll actually be participating in this year. Um, and uh, so within that uh, special section, or actually as a supplement to DC Velocity, uh, in the May issue, we'll have a, a feature on how to create a safety culture within your facilities. It's among the forklift users uh, who drive the forklifts, as well as the pedestrians in your warehouse. So some very practical steps that you can take to help develop that safety culture. We also have a couple of other articles within that supplement that I think would be worthy of you to take a look at too that help to promote safety and the message from the Industrial Truck Association that safety is important, not just on National Forklift Safety Day, but every day as well. We also have an article on women supply chain professionals who were increasingly making their way up to the highest levels of corporate management. This is a story that ran in our sister publication, Supply Chain Quarterly. And we think it's an important story, so we're also sharing it with our DC Velocity off, uh, uh, readers as well. So we're looking at how more doors are opening for women in supply chain, a, a field that has traditionally been a, a, a field that's been uh, filled mostly by men. So great to see that doors are opening for women executives as well. So that story is in, again, our May issue of DC Velocity. Turning to some of the other news and things that are going on, Victoria, you uh, also looked recently at a survey about consumers are no longer worried about uh, delivery times so much as they were before. Can you tell us a little bit about that survey? Yeah, sure. It was interesting. It's from logistics technology firm Convey. They do a lot of um, research on e-commerce trends. And um, uh, just last month, or sort of mid to late April, they surveyed 1,000 consumers and found that most are okay, the majority, are okay with the longer delivery times they're experiencing during the COVID-19 pandemic. But the thing they really want is transparency. 70% uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 
you know, so they expect transparency and clear communication from retailers, um, you know, if there's going to be a delay or, you know, what, how much longer it's going to take to get their product. So that was the, um, the main point there. So I found that interesting. They also um, kind of looked at a, a bunch of other trends that are, that are occurring during the, the, the current time with COVID-19. And what I found interesting was they did some research on stockpiling and about 40 to uh, more than 40 percent, 42 percent of consumers admitted to stockpiling goods during this time, mostly food items, paper products, pantry items, those kinds of things. But they also broke it up by age. And I found it interesting that those most likely to hoard are younger people, age 18 to 29, admitted to hoarding those items during the during this crisis. So if you've been to a grocery store and not seen paper towels for a while, you know who's got them. <laughs> like I said, it is very interesting. I, I would not have thought that. So uh, good no, to hear. Uh, me either. <laughs> interesting uh, statistic there. Thank you. Uh, we also want to remind you that every day on DCVelocity.com, we have updates on uh, what's going on with COVID-19 and our coverage. And Ben, we have a lot of good resources there for them. And yesterday, you wrote a story about um, the uh, how fleets and warehouses are starting to open up and what it's going to take for those to operate safely. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure thing. It was uh, it's really fascinating to to watch this unfold because uh, everybody's really figuring it out in real time. Uh, it it look it's looking increasingly like w without a effective coronavirus vaccine to to make us all immune, businesses are going to have to get back into work again uh, at under some sort of conditions uh, just to to keep the economy going and and to keep our supply chains flowing. And so uh, there are various analysts and, and technology firms who've been offering, you know, possible terms for that, what they're calling the next normal. Uh, and and there, it depends really on what your, your place is in the supply chain. But um, I mean, some of the possibilities um, on the transportation side um, in, in vehicles and trucks could be, uh, in, you know, rising importance of telematics, um, you know, vehicle routing software, uh, Internet of Things uh, sensors to be able to check where inventory is flowing without being there in person uh, to touch it as we try to do more and more things virtually. Uh, and, and likewise, for warehouse workers, uh, there are a couple options now uh, for keep making sure uh, that we maintain social distancing, uh, that the rules that we've all heard so much about. Uh, and for instance, uh, there's one company called Triax that has a little device that you can wear on a lanyard on your, on your body or uh, clip it to your hard hat. And then it sounds an alarm uh, if you draw too close to another worker, uh, if it detects uh, that, that proximity there. So uh, it, it's looking like we'll have some options uh, that, that'll perhaps keep us working safely uh, moving forward in these coming weeks, months. Yeah, and that's especially important, I think, in warehouses. We've got a lot of people interacting with one another to be able to maintain that social distance, but also get the product out. So you may see, I think, maybe more shifts in a sense or, or work being divided among the facilities a little differently so so that people are moving around and um, not being bunched together. So it, it will be interesting to see and, and how warehouse management systems are able to, to, to place people, uh, direct work. Uh, I think you're going to see a whole cottage industry in a sense of, of people making updates to be able to assure for some of that, the way products are picked. Very interesting idea. And, and um, thank you for bringing us that story. Uh, and Ben, we have all kinds of other resources on there. We want to talk a moment about our resources page. We sure do. Uh, we, we've collected all of our coverage on, on a single uh, COVID-19 landing page. So uh, visitors on our uh, website, dcv, dcvelocity.com, uh, can, with one click, they can find all the coverage. Uh, 
Uh, and then if, if they want to dig a little bit deeper, uh, we also have a, a resource hub uh, that now has 76 different links on it uh, to different industry groups uh, within logistics, uh, different analysts and research firms, uh, vendors, charities, uh, sort of the, the full array. Uh, but, but our goal with that was to uh, let readers uh, really drill down into the impact of coronavirus on uh, logistics operations specifically, uh, as opposed to sort of the, the broader uh, public health implications. Great. And uh, there is a tab at the very top of dcvelocity.com that says COVID-19. You can go and look at that for COVID-19 coverage, as well as if you want a direct link to the resources that Ben just mentioned, uh, it's dcvelocity.com slash COVID-19 resources. So go take a look at those on uh, all 76, and we're adding to those every day. Um, thanks, Ben and Victoria, for sharing uh, the highlights of the news this week and, uh, again, previewing the May issue of DC Velocity soon to hit your desk. And of course, we'll be posting things online um, over the next week as well with those stories. If you'd like more information on any of the stories that we did discuss today on Logistics Matter, uh, Logistics Matters, be sure to check out uh, dcvelocity.com for more details. And please provide any comments or feedback that you'd like to give us on our new podcast by emailing us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Fortinup. Fortinet partners with the world's largest brands to transform distribution operations into competitive advantage. Expertise includes distribution strategy, DC operations, micro-fulfillment, automation, and intelligent software. Distribution solutions designed today for tomorrow's challenges. Learn more about the distribution experts at Fortinet.com. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters. Until then, please stay safe, and we'll see you next week.